0: Welcome in to our final Locked on College Basketball bracket breakdown for the Sweet 16. I'm your host, Kainani Stevens, Jonathan Davis from Locked on Longhorns. Let's go. We talked about this. Obviously, you had them going pretty far in your bracket, but I can't imagine you expected this complete domination that we saw today.
1: No, Xavier is a really good team. And for them to lead wire to wire, you know, in this game and be up by as many as 24 points, you definitely didn't expect that. But, you know, that's what happens when you come out and defend the way you do for 40 minutes and you also shoot over 50 percent from the floor. I think it was a dominant effort on both ends from the Texas Longhorns and they took care of business and now they're in the Elite Eight.
0: We talked a little bit um, earlier this week about Texas been, has been winning in different ways, which is what you need when you want to make a championship run, right? Like they had that Penn State game was very back, back and forth. They had other games, you know, they didn't shoot very well in, in, from behind the arc at points. But this was just a complete game to the point where you're looking at them kind of like, oh, they might have it in them to like really finish this out.
1: Yeah. Well, when you look at the last seven games on the defensive end, this is the most points they've allowed in the last seven games. And so as you get, you know, closer to the end of the tournament where teams start to, you know, separate themselves from the rest of the bunch. It's really the teams that can play defense and can rebound. And they can do that, but we've seen they can win in a multitude of ways. They didn't have Dylan D'Souza tonight really for only like two minutes, and they still found a way to win by double digits. So this is a team that's battle-tested. They've won all kinds of ways in the toughest conference this year in college basketball. Now they're three games away from a national championship with a really talented team that can win in different ways on the offensive end and the defensive end, and they have multiple players that can lead the team in scoring as we saw tonight with Tyrese Hunter.
0: DeSue came back, he had that walking boot on. Um, Obviously they they had it going tonight and on on all cylinders, but what does that mean if they don't have him in the next round?
1: Well, I think it's big just because of the way he's been playing lately. And he gives you such a um, efficient presence in the post, somebody that can score at a 70% clip and uh, really gives you a lot of options, especially off of that high pick and roll uh, with Marcus Carr, Sergei Brian Rice. But what a lot of people don't realize is now that people are watching Texas on a national level, Dylan DeSue really has been found money for the last two weeks. He averaged six points a game. For the majority of the season, he's really okay. just kind of turned it on the last two weeks. So this team has been winning all season without big scoring outputs from Dylan DeSue It's definitely a big loss because he gives you another option to go with all of those mm-hmm. guards you saw tonight, you know, in the post. But like I said, this team has winning, been winning all season without big offensive outputs from Dylan DeSue. And so they'll have to do that. It looks like in the elite eight without in, in, they'll have to do that in the elite eight against Miami without Dylan DeSue.
0: I mean, obviously that just shows how deep this team is because if he's just been doing it the last couple of weeks and he's one of the best players in the tournament so far, um, looking forward, obviously as dominant as you guys were, Miami came out and and kicked some butt in their game as well against Houston. What did you see in that game where you were like thinking, obviously you were hoping they would make it to this point where they'd be playing them, but that's going to be a tough one as well.
1: Yeah, Miami's a tough team and they have elite shot making. I think you saw with uh, Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pack. Mm -hmm. I think Nigel Pack went for 26 tonight uh, Mm -hmm. against U of H who had the second best Uh, defense in the country coming into the game you know so um, that's a really good shot making team they have really good guard play and Texas has really good guard play so it's going to be a dynamic game Um, we saw tonight Texas got up and down and really scored in transition that's something that Miami wants to do so uh, like I said the last seven games this team has really hung their hat on the defensive end if they want to get to the final four they're going to have to play really good defense and stop those guards that Miami has so it's going to be a tough game Uh, it's going to receive some really good guard play I think it's going to be up and down but you know, for Texas to get to the final four, they're going to have to defend like they did tonight against Xavier.
0: I mean, do you think they'll try to do the run and gun and outgun them that way? Or do you think, what do you think strategy wise would maybe work best for them? Obviously, they're adaptable.
1: Well, I think you want to get out and transition against any team and get some easy buckets. But, you know, what's really good for this basketball team is they can execute in the half court as well. And we saw that all night. So, you know, I think anytime you can get out and transition and get some easy buckets, you want to take advantage of that. But the good thing about this Texas team is we continue to talk about how they can win in different ways. And the fact that they can sit there in the half court and execute just as efficiently is something that you can always lean on. But anytime you can get out and transition and get easy buckets, Ronnie Terry and this basketball team are going to take advantage of that.
0: We love Rodney Terry on the show. Of course, so we have to give him the shout out Um, for, you know, you mentioned some people that don't see Texas all year long. They're seeing them right now. Have they been this way all season or is this something they've come together and and built up to this or have they been, how, how have they been throughout the year?
1: Well, I think they had the offensive firepower. All year, mm-hmm. but I, I think the defense and the rebounder was inconsistent. You know, I've said it a million times on the podcast. The last two games that they lost before this seven-game win streak, they got out rebounded by 30. This was a team that in a lot of games was getting out rebounded by double digits, and that's not a recipe for success in March. So that's something that they've really cleaned up over the last seven games. And then I talked about on the defensive end, they gave up 71 points tonight. That's the most they've given up in the last seven games. So we saw mm-hmm. how out of sorts Xavier looked, and statistically that was the worst that Texas defense has played in the last seven games. And Xavier literally looked like they had no game plan, you know, all game long. So I think that's been the, the flip that has switched for this Texas basketball team eight games ago. I wouldn't have thought that this Texas team had a legit chance to win a national championship because of the defensive inconsistency and the inconsistency rebounding. now that they've put that together with what they can do on the offensive end. I mean, Texas looks unbiased like one of the best teams <laughs> in the country and a legit national championship contender. So they've definitely flipped the switch. Doing the little things the last two weeks on the defensive end and with the rebounds.
0: They absolutely had it tonight, dominated on all ends. Jonathan Davis will have you covered. Locked on Longhorns on tonight's game and looking forward to the Elite Eight. Always check out Locked on College Basketball, all a part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.